Welcome to episode 206 of In Touch with iOS, the show that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. I am your host, Dave Dinsberg, and my co-host, Warren Sklar, is here. How are you doing, Warren? I am good. Good to be back. Sorry I missed last week. I was telling uh, Dave that I made it to uh, to the beach house almost in time to do the show, but it was a little late, so I didn't want to disturb you. But I did sit here, put my uh, desk together, and watch the three of you last week, and it was cool. You guys did a great job. Thanks for holding the fort down. Okay. It wasn't the same without you. It was it not. wasn't the same. No, you guys Next actually looked like you had a more coherent <laughs> conversations without me. So that tells me a lot. And Jeff Gammon is here. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great. And uh, as always, coherent or not, it's great to be here <laughs> hanging out with you. Oh, great to have you as always. Yeah. And I return engagement here two weeks in a row. Kelly Gomont's back. How are you doing, Kelly? Uh, well, I I was okay until I had all this pressure put on me to be coherent. So now I don't know what's going to happen. Oh, so that, it's only Dave asking that. Oh, okay. Well, then never mind. Yeah, well, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> he's on number. So bit. we're uh, we're we're less than a few days away from WWDC 2022. Uh, so we're going to uh, get some of our predictions and all the f- all the rumors that have been swirling around. So that'll be most of our discussion. Beta, we got the new beta just came out this week, uh, 15.6. And uh, lots of new stories so we could uh, talk about as well. So let's uh, go ahead and dive right into the news of this week. Uh, first story, global smartphone shipments to decline 3.5% in 2022. But Apple is going to be the least impact. Uh, global smartphone shipments expected to decline 3.5% to 1.31 billion units in 2022. According to IDC's latest worldwide quarterly uh, tracking forecast, um, but IDC does believe that Apple will be the least impacted vendor because of its control over its supply chain and because iPhone customers are the uh, higher priced segment and are not as impacted with uh, macroeconomic issues like inflation. So uh, this is always good to hear that. Uh, but we know that smartphones are always going to continue to sell uh, as as well as they can. But uh, hey. Uh, iPhones are always going to continue to keep going. What do you think, Kelly? Um, I think this is really interesting, mostly from the perspective of um, all the rest of uh, all the rest of manufacturing, really, like, you know, writ large, like we're still seeing supply chain issues and chip shortage in yeah. all kinds of other things. And so uh, to see Apple, at least in, in one respect, not affected by it, um, as opposed to uh, like, if you want to buy a phone from Apple, that's great. If you want to buy a, a MacBook Pro charger from Apple, uh, <laughs> get comfy because it's going to be August before you see that Mama Jamma. Yep. So I think it's really interesting that that they're like, you know, but in phones, it's fine. And it, it I mean, computers yeah. is the same like MacBook Pro. If you want a MacBook Pro Eight. with anything uh, with with anything that's not the off the rack spec um again get comfy um so i i think it's interesting to find that there's at least one place where this maybe isn't affecting apple at least as much as it's affecting everybody else and i'm curious what the numbers are going to look like uh, on the earnings on subsequent earnings calls as we find out about this um when apple because apple always talks about supply demand balance i think is is that the phrase that pays jeff um, that Demand sounds supply right. balance, something like that. Um, <laughs> the point where you can walk in an Apple store and buy a phone and it's not a big deal. And it's not like a special thing that you got a phone. 
if you just want to walk in and go, I want the entry level iPhone, whatever the new one is, and they go, okay, cool. Let me go in back and get one and hand it to you. That moment, um, they always talk about when they achieve that. And I think that it's that window is going to get a lot wider um, if it hasn't already in, in, you know, as far as frank discussion of, of things like chip shortages and stuff like that, because we've seen it in all kinds of other um, random seeming manufacturing avenues. And so seeing it here uh, not be quite so bad is kind of a good thing. Yeah. What do you think, Jeff? Um, well, first, I think it's pretty awesome that I totally distracted Kelly by uh, not catching my cat's tail before she walked in front of the camera. Apparently, she's very demanding tonight. Um, I, I think the big problem here, and Kelly hit on part of this, is uh, uh, component issues. And uh, I, yeah, that that's the big the big issue that companies are having to deal with. And, and I don't think it's a lack of demand from consumers that's going to push the numbers down. Yeah. No, I agree. Any additional thoughts on that Warren? A lot of the um, supply chain issues are blown out a little bit more than you think. You know, we talked two weeks ago, you know, there was MacBook uh, about a MacBook pros being hard to find, but, Again, if you they're they're sitting on the Best Buy shelves now. Like if you want one, go go to Best Buy and it's there. They have a bunch of them. Um, so there's you know perception. People you know just assume that you can't get it in one place doesn't mean they're floating around and and they're out there. So uh, and I think some of it is going to be uh, you know beneficial for Apple because they are very good at making lack of product availability a selling point. Uh, yeah. that's their game, right? That's why when that's why we all wake up at eleven fifty nine a.m. on launch day because we're, we're working. Yeah. Well, stock, so like, con- stock configurations that like availability is is more about like walking in and buying something off the shelf. Like for people who are making shows like this, for people who are listening to shows like this, generally these are folks who are going to want something with a little bit more RAM or a slightly larger hard right. drive because they're doing something specific and need that have that requirement that they want as opposed to just walking in and getting one. Cause you can walk into an Apple store and get an M one machine. Maybe it's an air. Maybe, you know, maybe you can get an, a, a sort of off the shelf, um, 14 inch or 16 inch MacBook pro, but if you need more memory or if you need more storage, then that's the stuff that's going to, that instead of waiting a week or two, like you normally would for something built to order because they don't have one in the store you're standing in to buy yeah. um, that instead of being a week or maybe two is looking like a month or maybe two, sometimes more depending yeah. on. And that's so. happened. I mean, it's not the first time that's happened too. I mean, when you, again, on, on launch day, when something comes down, we order it. Mm-hmm. How many, we all do the same thing, right? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to upgrade this. I'm going to upgrade that. And then you get to the configuration page and the date changes from, you know, launch day to like, you know, some time you don't want to wait. So you're like, okay, right. I'm going to go back to this base. And I, I do this every time, every single time. I'm like, okay, get a different uh, config to order model. And every single time I said, screw it. I'm not waiting the extra three weeks to, to go from, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, I'll, 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 I'll not right. put my music on I've this done lap- that. Yeah. I'll not put my music yeah. on this laptop and, and get to 256 instead of 512. You, you could do Sorry. things like that. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, again, that's, but again, it's Apple's marketing plan has always been 
uh, sure. should we buy now because we don't have a lot and we don't know when we're getting more much before the pandemic started started in 2010 yeah. right yeah yeah i mean that yeah like every iphone has been this in some way oh every every oh, yeah. product is like that that's yeah. why when yeah. i launched the, the 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 times keep slipping for almost everything yeah. and then it's like it actually makes news stories when we say things oh, like you know, CNN, cnbc and yeah uh, but that kind of media like, always jump, jumps on that right yeah. but then we, and then we'll start making fun of the products that don't sell out like after launch and we're like oh that's that's a problem and i think things like yeah. the home I mean, pod right then it's yeah. like that didn't sign out so like jeff and i have talked i think talked more than once over uh in in the tdo era about um uh apple watch and isn't it weird that like you can't walk in and buy one because you couldn't walk in and buy one for like months yeah it was, like yeah. you could get one you could walk in and say hi i'm here to buy an apple watch please take my money and they would go okay Sorry. let me open up the iphone order the apple store app for you and i'll stand here and take your order for you what color what size blah 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 blah. but there was no let me go in back and get you one and come out and hand right. it to you and you can walk out of the store with one and that went on for a really long time and it was a very odd experience um, I mean, it was well, I liked the idea of going into the store and like getting to try them on and see what you liked and all that kind of stuff like that was super cool. But, um, you know, <laughs> we're talking to Jeff about him actually doing it and Jeff going, it's really I weird. Thought, <laughs> it going, was really weird. It sounds really weird. He's like, guess what? It is really weird. Yeah, it, it was happened. really weird. It was weird. It happened many times. Yeah. All right, let's uh, go on to the next story here. Uh, you to a special uh, room, by the way. I don't know if they did that with you, too. <laughs> <laughs> when you had when you tried on the watches when they first came out, the, the first oh. gen, you couldn't just try the bands on like out there. Like they actually took oh, you, yeah. they took you to a back room and showed you a bunch of bands and said, "Wow, they're a lot more trusting here." Well, this yeah, was this was a thing in the first gen, uh, the first uh, yeah series zero. I, I, so I think it was kind of also like a selling point for fashion. Like it, it's more exclusive to do all that. But. Yeah. All right. Uh, next story. App Store stops stopped 1.6 million risky and untrustworthy apps from defrauding users, says Apple. Uh, the App Store prevented 1.6 million risky and untrustworthy apps uh, from defrauding users in 2021, according to a new fraud analysis data that was shared by Apple, actually, today. Uh, that's uh, yesterday as we record this. Uh, Apple says that the App Store stopped that uh Many of, of of that many of about 1.5 billion in fraudulent transactions during the year, and they come have a, they have a show of grid here. 34,500 apps rejected, containing hidden or undocumented features, and it goes on and on. Uh, but uh, they did they did reject more than 34,000 apps for the hidden features. Jeez, that's a lot, <laughs> and and more more than 157,000 that were spam or copycat apps. 343,000 apps were rejected for various privacy violations. So makes me feel even better the fact that I'm in the Apple ecosystem and using the App Store because I know that those garbage apps aren't going to be out there like that. Their Android counterparts. What do you think, Jeff? Um, I, I think that is uh, a nice side effect of, uh, of this press release going out. The, the feeling that, oh, wow, you know, this is really yeah. protecting me. This press release went out because... Uh, Apple wanted to make sure that all of the legal teams involved in the Epic case and that uh, all yeah. of the legislators in the EU that are that are 
talking about, well, you know, all these app stores should just be open. This press release went out to to help establish the case for why that shouldn't be. Yeah, no, I agree. What do you think, Warren? Yeah, no, I mean, I was playing with my Google tablet yesterday and went into the Play Store and got scared. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, Google makes a tablet again? Yeah, it's, it's, it's an Android, it's a Samsung, I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Those yeah, things. Yeah. The Pixel, like I don't remember if it was a Pixel or not, but like Google made it made at one point, Google made its own yep. tablet and it was a super one. great tablet. And it just sort of got so old I couldn't really do anything of consequence with yeah. it anymore and I had to get rid of it. But it was a super nice way to get to play with Android and not have to worry about it. So I, I generally keep I was one. all excited for a minute there. Well, I, I generally keep one Android tablet around with me. Uh, I've had since they've come out. How about an Android phone? You got to have both. Um, I've I had an and I had one Android phone when it first came out. The uh, this, uh, yeah, it was a uh, the, the Motorola. It was a Droid. It wasn't. It was a. It yeah. was the first. Oh droid. yeah, I remember that. Oh yeah. 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 I I have an Amazon Fire that I added Google Play onto yeah. mm-hmm. it's not really I, the same but yeah i had one of those I too and i ended up selling it. it oh no <laughs> oh, i mean i got i got it for for fire app phone, testing right? uh-huh. yeah. it's probably somewhere in this room i have no idea where it is i have three yeah. amazon tablets in the drawer upstairs um like a four or five or six and is one of them jeff's probably <laughs> i'll send me back yeah. my tablet I offered them so. to my in-laws and they even, they didn't, you know, and they take everything. But I don't want that. <laughs> I'm like, really? They're still tablets. Oh, she's going to go get one. I was going to, uh, well, I'll go upstairs and get the three I have and, and the one, the Samsung one, but I think the Samsung no, one's okay. at the other house. Yeah, Kelly, st- do you have any additional thoughts on the, on this, uh, um, this story? I wish they yeah. did it more regularly. This is um, yeah. uh, like Jeff, um, I was standing downwind of this press release when it went out and I got a real strong, and it smelled like Greeley. I got a real strong a whiff joke. of look at us, look at us, <laughs> um, you know, uh, as opposed to like this being a thing is a matter of course, like um, you see the uh, the companies that put out like here are all the law enforcement requests we got in the last month or the last quarter, you know. And that comes out regularly as a thing. It doesn't get, you know, trumpets and parades every time. It's just a thing. We put this up on this section of our website. You can go see all of this data if, if you so choose. And I wish that they did the same thing like that with the App Store. Like there should be some sort of App Store statistics so that you can see in the last 30 days, we rejected 10,000 apps for being sketchy. We rejected 15,000 apps for being flashlights that wanted access to your contacts, you know, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Like it would be nice if there were, if, if this were a more regular piece of information that came out through standard channels, and we just sort of got it all the time. And I, I would much rather have it be something like that than uh, something calculated. This feels in this moment because of when they put it out, because of all of the wording they use in the press release. It feels very calculated. I'm glad they do it. Like as a concept, I am for this. I want it to happen. I want people to be paying attention to it. But I also feel like the only time we ever hear about the app rejections is when you hear about it from 
you know, someone we know or uh, someone who is trying to do the right thing and got rejected for a stupid reason. You know, you Mm -hmm. told me I had to upgrade all my app icons and then I did. And then you rejected my app for something that's been in the app since four versions ago. And now all of a sudden you're mad about it. It's that, you know, we hear about those stories all the time, but we never get any of these that are like, did you know that we rejected 10,000 apps that were all trying to scam your credit card information? Like in a month, come, you know, like if we got it more regularly and it wasn't so newsworthy that this had happened, then I would be a lot happier about it. Um, Keep in mind those 10,000 that they're rejecting are part of the people doing the right thing. And that's just, you know, that's a slope, right? No, I mean, the specific, like there's a, there's a line item when you get, when you get rejected, they tell you why. And there should be a line item for like, you know, every time we reject one of these, it goes up on the board, you know, like a zero days without an incident. It should be something like that. We rejected this many of them for, for being flashlight apps that want access to your contacts, you know, whatever that rule is called. Something like that. We hear from developers all the time that, they're yeah. legit developers and they're getting rejected right. all the time from Apple. So, I mean, when Apple comes out and say we rejected 10,000 applications and we're like, oh, that's great. You know, 3,000 yeah. could be but, legit hungry right. developers. And that's yeah. sad. Well, and like the, yeah, but the one, like there are obvious scammy things, but then, you know, there are still obviously scammy things in the app store. So, you know, um, when, yeah. when I saw this press release go by, the first thing I thought about was not long ago when we were all on Mac voices live talking about a weekly subscription, <laughs> the app that wanted to exactly. charge you for yeah. a weekly subscription. Yeah. And that was all I could think of was like someone in Cupertino yeah. heard Jim, you know, uh, hi Jim. Um, so hi, Jim. like I, again, I wish this were not, a newsworthy thing. I wish it was a thing that came out as a matter of course all the time, like regularly every quarter. It was, you know, the the standard sort of stuff that we get, you know, like as part of the earnings call, you know, just another piece of data that just comes out as part of what they're doing to be doing the right thing, as opposed to uh, this feels like, hey, look at us. We're doing the right thing. Look over here. See, see how we did that? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, th- there are a lot of other there are a lot of reasons that that would be that, you know, that make that feel like a very calculated move is really like in context, it feels a little less like they have earned gratitude and more like, you know, an adoration for having done it. And it should be more like, yeah, you keep doing that, you know, like the environmental report that they put out every year, like that doesn't get a lot of attention anymore. And it shouldn't, it should just be a thing that everybody does and it should just be, the way of things. And I wish that, that this were part of that sort of checklist of stuff that they put out on a regular basis. It should be. All right. Let's next story here. Uh, YouTube on TVs now support iPhone syncing for easier access to content, commenting, liking, and more. Uh, YouTube uh, this week uh, announced the launch of a new syncing feature that allows iOS or Android device to connect to a TV that has the YouTube app, allowing the connected device to be used for commenting, liking videos, and more. According to YouTube, people were already using the mobile app to engage with YouTube videos and watched on their TV sets, but they decided to take advantage of that and improved it by having this experience on the TV. So when you're watching YouTube on TV, you you can open up the mobile app on your on your iPhone and tap connect to sync to the device on the TV. And then, of course, the feature does require that you be logged into the same YouTube account on both the TV and the device. So that obviously isn't going to work. Well, more things that that uh, Google is doing with YouTube, and uh, uh, this uh, this is a, a good experience if you want to be able to watch now from a TV instead of being on your mobile device. Uh, what do you think, Jeff? 
Um, good. It's for for people that are using uh, YouTube uh, like this. It makes sense that uh, that you'd be able to do the syncing across everything and not just in yep. specific places. So good on them for for doing the right thing. Yep. And more. What do you think on this? Um, yeah, no. But for all the things I interact with, uh, YouTube is not one of them. I, I'm not a big I watch videos, but I don't think I ever liked anything or subscribed or commented oh, any, come on any i got youtube thing. subscribers if you've ever watched anything on youtube they've asked you to like and subscribe and mash that bell but what's I, wrong I with you warren right because because he's I a rebel because i don't he's you know, a rebel i want my youtube to uh, it's too complicated is what it is just trying well, to keep YouTube. i pay for it huh and i pay for youtube premium so i mean not anymore it, it, warren it, <laughs> <laughs> now you can yeah. just point your phone at your tv and it's all magic right yeah it's magic Listen, somebody sends me a link to a video. I click it. Video plays. I close. And you watch the ads. No, I don't. Yeah, I have to watch the ads and I'll skip through that. What do you think, Kelly? Um, I feel like this is just sort of inevitable that that second screen sort of stuff is going to happen and, and happen more frequently. And. I'm interested to see where it goes as a, cause this sounds like a second screen experience. Like I can watch it up here and I can come down here and comment, you know, I can heckle Jeff on his live stream about cats or whatever. Yes, um, please. I mean, well, cat video is part of the internet. So it was, you know, no great leap of logic. And so I was just sort of hoping like, I, I, I'm hoping that this is a good experience cause I want everything to be a good user experience. But yeah. um, if it, if it's a good experience and it's effective and it's a thing that gets people's attention and it's a thing that works well, um, I look forward to seeing other ways that that's happening. Like um, you open IMDB and it listens to what you, it listens to the the sound in the room. Here's the movie that you're watching and pulls that up for you so that all you have to do is scroll down to find who is that? You know, I said, hey, it's that guy. I opened IMDB and it already takes me to the movie so that I can go. Oh, it's that guy. Oh, he used to be on Days of Our Lives. Yeah. And then I can move on with my life. Right. So I want to, which happens more than you think that it's somebody that used to be on Days of Our Lives. Just say um, that like I'm, I want to know, uh, you know, I want that stuff to be cool, like with Amazon uh, Prime Video with the X-ray feature, you know, like they have in books. They have that in, in video as well because they own IMDb. So obviously they've got that at their fingertips. But I want to see more second screen kind of stuff like this because it's not like it's going away. And so. Um, I want to see how other places are creative in getting that implemented. By the you way, mean free V. <laughs> by the way, Jeff Jeff was uh, in Days of Our Lives. <laughs> everyone was. Um, yeah. 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 Not everyone, right. but a whole lot more people than you think. Some of them were on Passions or Another World. I was Dr. Drake Dramore. <laughs> That's General why Hospital. you look so familiar, Warren. <laughs> you were fantastic. The fam famous hand model. Wow. This hand is your hand. That's <laughs> my hand. All right, oh, moving on. Your hand. <laughs> uh, Apple Memo says original iPad Pro, and strangely, the Apple TV HD will become vintage product next month. Uh, Apple is planning to add the first generation iPad Pro. I'm so sad. I have one that, that I use for for demos to its vintage vintage product list at the end of the June. Uh, the company announced this week in an internal memo distributed by two Apple stores and authorized service providers. 
Of course, when a product becomes vintage after more than five years have passed since Apple last distributed it for sale, uh, vintage products uh, previously were ineligible for service at Apple, but Apple stores and authorized service providers now offer repairs for vintage products for up to an additional two years. Uh, of course, the iPad Pro, I have a 12.9 inch, that's, that came out. That was in November of 2015. Wow, time has just flown by here. Um, and that display was significantly larger than the 9.7 inch that they had on all the other models. Uh, and uh, it's a great, it's a great iPad. I, I'm I'm really sad to to hear, and it still works. I mean, it's got an A9X processor uh, chip in it and eight megapixel camera. Had the home button with home button with Touch ID. No, I mean, I know it's look exactly the same the day. I know it's don't be sad. It's still going to work. It's fine. And and I got just one question for you guys: Has anybody ever brought an Apple TV to the Apple Store to be fixed? Ever? No, exactly. I haven't. You? Well, the Apple TV HD. Any of them? them. But yes, yes, because mine mine kept falling off the Wi-Fi, and it was some sort of like known issue. And uh, I booked an appointment and took it to them and went, yeah, it won't stay on my network. Here, like, here's a new one. And and they went, okay, well, let's test it. And they plugged in like an iPod to it. And I was like, okay, now I need to ask you like 200 more questions before I'm done with this transaction. Um, and like, how did, how did you do that? And what do you have loaded on there? And how does that work? And yeah, see, I never got that. You know, all, all of them either worked or didn't work when i for, first got them and i went back yeah. to best buy or apple and got a new one and plugged it yeah. in. i never i mean yeah, that, I was, that was the kinda, solution was i i went i took it to them and they were like oh and then they like plugged in this ipod and looked at a bunch of stuff on it and then went oh hang on and then brought me out a new one and went here you go like so yeah. yeah, strange. Strangely, they're doing the Apple TV uh, HD. They don't you know, die. I have it just laying around the house, and like there's. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't it. fit. It doesn't fit in the category of vintage. So that's kind of yeah strange. Even before the WWDC conference that's coming up, yeah, it'd be far too soon to, to really classify it as vintage per, per yeah. Apple's current that's definition. That's why I'm calling fakeity fake, 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 fake on this one because yeah, that part you don't vintage a product that you're currently selling. Yeah. yeah, and it's they're still selling the 4K for sale. And the, and the, like you can get. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, I just double checked on Apple's website, and uh, and not only can I have one shipped immediately, uh, um, if we wrap up in time, I can run over to my local Apple store and buy one right and just now. Pick it up. Well, that's why the article says question mark next to the Apple. TV yeah, HD, that's so. that, yeah. So this that is, is a rumor. not happening. This is, yeah, that this is a rumor. Yeah. I mean, because even the old ones, like, you know, the old ones even are are super nice, if nothing else is an airplay conduit. If you don't have uh, a new enough TV that it'll do airplay for you, you can plug the Apple TV in and just airplay stuff that way, you know, if you really want to. Side note, um, yeah. side note is I tried that with this guy and the airplay experience is not so good. as, as um, yeah. It's because you have to plug it in first. Yeah, you do have to plug it in. Mine was good. Um, yeah. I do. I still have a really old one that's plugged into a TV we don't use very often, so that if nothing mm-hmm. else, I can just go stream whatever I want on that yeah. screen instead. Air, um, airplay. So after I can't remember, you guys have to correct me on this, but after something is vintage, five years after it's vintage, it goes retro, and how, then they start like putting it on T-shirts, right? Yeah, yeah, that's how it works. Remember or, when? Or or obsolete. Oh, so, absolutely. It's such a bad so Kelly, word. Kelly, you're going to get the uh, the uh, Apple TV uh, HD T-shirt. Well, it's not vintage yet, so no. No, it's not yet. 
But the iPod uh, next story one, I here. Really love. Next story here. Google TV app is now available on iOS. It replaces the Play Movies and TV. Uh, almost two years after it hit Android, the Google TV app has finally come into iOS for iPhone and the iPad users. Revamped app replaces that Play Movies and TV app. You know, we all use that, right? That that like it just did on the, on the Android, but the new experience will be delivered via an update to the App Store, which will be start rolling out uh, the today as we record this. Uh, and uh, is uh, what is new? Like the existing Play and Movies at TV app, you'll be able to. Uh, uh, view your purchased movies and all the other fun stuff. But the one thing you'll now be able to do is you'll actually be able to control if you have an Android TV uh, device hooked up to your TV or a Google or a Chrome or whether it's a Chromecast, Google TV, uh, any of those devices will now be able to, uh, to control it. That's and which is devices that are running Android eight or higher. Um, so good. looks like good, good, good for Google. I see that they're, they're trying to, to incorporate with iPhone, uh, more and more, and uh, I don't think this is a bad thing. But what do you think, Kelly? So Charlotte Henry and I talked about that. Have talked about this a lot, and what we've talked about is the terrible branding that Apple has done with TV. Because there's a TV app, which is not the same as TV Plus, which is not the same as the Apple TV, which is the little box Device. we were just talking about. That if you're watching the video version of this, Warren was just holding up. All of those are not the same thing, but they kind of all have the same name. And Apple does this every once in a while. And it's really infuriating because, A, it makes it hard to talk about stuff because nobody's nobody's on the same page because we don't all know what we're all talking about. And also, it makes it hard to like do research, do web searches and things and get results that are useful to you because all of the results are about the other thing that you were looking for. You know, good luck finding an article about a specific TV plus thing that you're trying to do because you can't you know um so yeah so i thought apple had completely been wrong-headed about this until i saw what google was up to because and that's because google also owns youtube and youtube has youtube tv but youtube tv and google tv aren't the same thing and what you get on one device, whatever that one device is, is not going to be the same experience as what you get on the others. So it could be on your iOS phone, on your iOS phone, it could be on your Android phone, it could be on a Chromecast, it could be on like a Fire TV is going to be yet another flavor of the same thing, or it could be an app that's built into your television or some other like box or stick that you plug in and use as your streaming device. So, um, so on, on the one hand, like, I'm glad that they're paying attention to the iOS app and that it's because it sounds like this has been an evolution that's been going on over time. Like, um, I think uh, some of the TVs had already made this change in the apps that they were getting on on the, you know, on whatever operating system that is. And uh, now it's happening for for other devices as well, which is good. I'm glad Google's being consistent about it. But what a there's a word I would use here that I'm not going to use here, but um, it's a per very particular kind of show we'll call it. And um, an unsanitary type of show, a very unsanitary <laughs> type of show. Uh, and, uh, and it's, and it sounds like it's just a really frustrating experience. If that's the thing you were into, like part of the takeaway I had from this initially was what's Google TV. Isn't that just YouTube TV, but no, they're totally different and it's weird and yeah. feels very awkward. And I don't know what the difference is. And I already have enough streaming nonsense to worry about that. I just don't have room in my brain for another to even consider. So 
I'm glad they're doing it. And, you know, both uh, uh, Eb and Zeb, as my dad would say, um, are going to be super excited when they get this new experience rolled out to their iOS devices, because that's literally the only two people who are going to care. Yeah. Any thoughts on this, Jeff? Um, you know, if you're going to sell televisions or, or have your service on televisions, you better make sure that, uh, that the popular smartphone platforms that people are using to control these televisions have yep. the tools that they need. So there you go. So do, doing this go. is, is a good move and everything Kelly said about branding. Yeah, that applies too. Any last thoughts, Warren, before we move on? He shook his head. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, it's like, like Kelly said, not that many people care. And I'm one of those many people who don't care about it. So, I mean, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's good and it's, it's great, but not a feature for me. So, but I know this next story is going to make Warren pretty happy. Tesla is oh. Tesla is considering adopting Apple's AirPlay to improve audio quality. No, they're not. Uh, e- Elon Musk said that Tesla is going to consider adopting the Air, Air, Apple's AirPlay <laughs> protocol to improve the audio quality over the current Bluetooth. Recent years, Tesla has uh, mm-hmm. put an emphasis on the sound system inside its vehicles, and the sound system in the Model Three has been well received for audio files. And the one in the new version of the Model S has also received some positive reviews. Uh, so, And it has been compared to the expensive Bang & Olufsen system often found in premium vehicles, but at the fraction of their price. Uh, so uh, th- this could be interesting for these Tesla owners. Well, I'll open it right up to you, Warren. What do you think of this? I don't listen to what anything what Elon Musk says could be mm-hmm. happening because it, it may, but you'll you'll forget that you were excited about it. When it might come out. So, um, yeah. No, I, and let's stress this is AirPlay, not CarPlay, which everybody wants. Which and I still don't understand because AirPlay is what, yeah. Bluetooth. What do you need the AirPlay? What What are you doing different that that's not Air, AirPlay? Play? Also uses Wi-Fi. It, yeah. it, it negotiates over Bluetooth. I know. I know what the difference. Wi-Fi. I, I know what the difference is, and that is good for a couple things. But in a car. What is it good for as much as it would be for like a TV? Well, the stress is audiophile. And, and I don't know if you're necessarily that born, but I mean, that, that's, that in itself is going to improve the sound quality, uh, especially if you're streaming it from your, your, your iPhone. Your play. Yeah, I mean, again, it, it's hard. You're gonna, it's hard to even audiophiles are not going to hear much of a difference in a car between Bluetooth and AirPlay, I, I don't think, but whatever, it's, it's, it's fine. The Bluetooth, you know, the Bluetooth is uh, adequate. It sounds pretty good um, in the Tesla as it is. So. Any, any other thoughts, Jeff? Um, for people that, uh, that it matters to, this would be a good thing. Right. It doesn't uh, matter. Because. None of us. It's, <laughs> well, <so boring>. yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter. We, I don't, we don't think have it's a Tesla, but um um, like the the difference that I can hear in audio quality in my in my Prius, which mm-hmm. granted it's Prius and it's not the top of the line model, the the compression that I hear in Bluetooth uh, audio streaming is surprising. And then if I plug in uh, directly, so that uh, it's you know it's not Bluetooth, I mean you can hear a difference. 
Um, but that said, uh, Warren's right. A car is not the place for an audiophile to be uh, to be calling out the quality of of the music sound. A car is a horrible environment for listening to music. So, you know, really, if if you can hear it and make out what the music is great in a car that's good enough and if you're expecting to have your bang and olufsen uh home stereo <laughs> with macintosh uh, uh receiver yeah. and amp in experience in your car <laughs> then you've lost your mind yeah yeah you'd yeah. be sorely disappointed like i mean I, yeah right am i sitting out in these cars listening to music you know like uh like lounging out there like i am in front of like a stereo no it it's it's it doesn't make sense it's it's not the this again the bluetooth sound from the phone is really good um so i don't know how much better it would be and i know you notice a different stuff but some bluetooth is better than others right some of the older bluetooth is not as good as some of the le and i don't know what's in the new right so yeah. it might be a different Technologies. type of well, technology Iterations of Bluetooth are a hardware limitation. So, you know, like there's, there is no software upgrade that is going to take the Bluetooth radio in a 2010 automobile and make it compatible with the current iteration of Bluetooth in 2022. Simply not going to happen. It it will down, you know, it will accept. The, uh, it will it will it goes to the lowest common denominator yeah, right it, but it, it, with, it reflects with a, but it reflects a moment in time so the bluetooth in an older automobile is never going to get better and the the interesting thing about doing something like carplay is that if you have really nice speakers in your in your transport then um you know how you connect to them the quality of that could improve depending on on what connection capability you're using as opposed to just straight Bluetooth where, uh, you know, as far as music goes, especially if you're streaming it, like if you're using Apple music on your phone and sending that to the car radio, I'm here to tell you that is a suboptimal experience at best, even when the speakers are really good. So, because I've done it on mediocre speakers and I've done it on really awesome speakers and Mm -hmm. neither one is, is, is anywhere near as good as like, a CD or even, uh, you know, an, an SD card. If you've got a, an infotainment system that is so inclined, even that being local is still going to be a much better experience, even if it's an MP3. So um, I'm just interested to see that a lot of stuff is moving away from having the hardware be the limitation and turning it into something where the software might be a better, a better way to handle something like that. So that, uh, you know, you can still kind of get a reasonable experience out of the audio in the car for years to come because they don't upgrade every 12 to 24 months. You know, most people aren't upgrading cars like they upgrade phones and stuff like that. And every time I get a new phone, the car, I, the transport I currently pilot, cause that makes it sound a little bit cooler, hates my phone in an interesting new way. Every time I get a new phone and I can't do anything about it because right. the it's set in stone in the, 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 transport that i have and i the only way i can get around it is by buying a new stereo the next time i buy a new phone all right let's uh, go to the last story here apple's homepod is finally going to return this year okay apple's homepod may 
make an unexpected return later this year. According to reputable Apple analyst Ming Jiuku, he recently said that oh, uh, Apple uh, Ming Jiuquo. Sorry, mispronouncing. Uh, the uh, the uh, he says that. Uh, Apple is planning to release a newer version of the HomePod, but warned that there may not be much innovation in the hardware design with the new HomePod Mini, uh, and they're still trying to figure out how to succeed in this market. Uh, news is fairly uh, unexpected, giving Apple discontinued the HomePod last year, partly due to its lackluster sales, and it said it was focusing on the HomePod Mini going forward. There is no word what size the new iPod HomePod will be, uh, or if, if there will be a HomePod mini successor or is there going to be a larger speaker? So Mark Gurman from Bloomberg previously said that Apple was considering the new version of the HomePod and it might be sized between the two, but we'll see. Uh, but you know, we'll, we'll see what happens here. I, I still like my HomePod, the old HomePods. It was discontinued in 2018. We talked about in previous shows that there was pr- pretty good, uh, market for the old ones. People saw them for higher than what they were when they were new. So, uh, Jeff, you you being the the HomePod enthusiast, what do you think of this? Um, first, Ming Chi Kuo is Ku, whatever is is consistently accurate in the same way Oops. that DigiTimes is consistently wrong, meaning okay. they both have a, a, a reputation that they haven't earned. Um, so. Uh, but they also do the same thing, which is get a little bit of nugget of information and yeah. then um, and then weave that into a whole idea. And so there's there's probably something right in this, but his interpretation may be wrong. So what what I think is like likely more accurate is that Apple has other products in the HomePod line that they're looking at. And one of those may come out um, this year, or next year. Agreed. Um, what do you think, well, I, I think Apple initially got the value proposition wrong on the HomePod. Is what I think. Um, I know yeah. what they were selling, and what they were selling was a really awesome speaker for people who don't have them already and would like to be able to talk to it which is a very different thing. And then everybody put it up against um, Echo devices, you know, your Echo Base, your Echo Dot, all of those, and acted like they were competitors that they really weren't because what Amazon is selling you with one of those devices with an A-Lady built in is an assistant you can talk to that will also play music and stuff on what sounds like a crappy Bluetooth speaker because that's all that's really in most of them, at least, you know, initially kind of a not great Bluetooth speaker. So right. you're not going to get an awesome speaker for a $25 device. You're just not. So, no. you know, they were, they were trying to solve very different problems. And I think that's part of where uh, the HomePod um, didn't happen, but I can see a lot of opportunity in the line. Like we can get a HomePod max, which is a larger HomePod mini that has a little bit nicer, um, you know, sound profile and is a little bit higher end. Like the OG HomePod was um, the, HomePod TV, you know, they finally make a sound bar for people. And, you know, maybe that comes out under, you know, like all of the smarts that they built into the computational audio of the HomePod and the HomePod mini, um, they bring that to bear on sound bars. And maybe instead of making the Apple TV stick, which is the thing that I have wanted forever, and I probably shouted about here more than one time, um, having the Apple TV, uh, I think Jeff, you and I, I think, 
built this product before and it was like all of the computational audio of the HomePod and an Apple TV and you build it into a soundbar. And I think you called it the HomePod theater, mm-hmm. or the Apple TV theater, something like that. Um, theater yeah. was in the name. I remember theater was in the name. Yep. And like, I could see that being a really compelling offering under either name. Um, you know, like for a lot of people who want something like that and don't necessarily have, you know, the ridiculous audio and the closet to support it that I have behind me. Uh, so <clears throat> I think there's a lot of ways the, that the HomePod could go, um, you know, making it a resident device, um, all of the thread and matter discussion that we've seen. And the fact that that um, HomePod minis support that and the originals don't like I could totally see them coming out with something else that's called a HomePod. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's a Max, uh, maybe it's a Pro, you know, um, get a pair of these next year you know, so that you've got a really nice audio system hooked up to your Mac studio and go to town. Right. So I can totally see that being a thing that happens. So, uh, I like Jeff, I think they heard hooves and went clearly this is zebras and it turns out it's really just horses. All right, let's uh, go ahead and move on to the topics. We're going to run a little long on news here this week. So I just want to kind of move things along here. I didn't, uh, Yeah, let's go ahead and move on here. Um, so beta this week, not much to say about it. 15.6 beta 2 came out this week uh, for developers. Uh, the only thing, that's, thing that did stand out there was discovered in 15.6 that it fixed that, that bug that was forcing the reinstall of the music, uh, Apple Music, in the dock after reinstalling the app. Uh, so there was a bug in iOS 15 that was causing the uh, Apple Music to automatically add to the dock which you, without your permission i guess we'd say um so they did update to that uh, as far as the new beta goes there's really nothing that that was ever mentioned i don't i'm assuming you are not experiencing anything and i'm through you run a beta right uh Warren? yep all good yeah there's nothing going on here so um so we got a couple of stories here we could uh, talk about here and uh, one of them was uh I know Jeff had some good had had some thoughts about this topic, and I wanted to bring it up here. Is Apple Music has betrayed its most loyal listeners? That ad-free music service has now has ads in its radio stations, and interviews and playlists. Uh, there's two articles we're linking to. One of them was uh, written by Jason Snell over on at Mac <laughs> MacWorld, uh, and uh, you know we 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 all complain and see about how much ads are, are in everything that we listen to, you know, we are paying for Apple music as a service. Uh, I guess you could go back to the analogy you know, when back in the old days, when we, we used to subscribe to, but you remember when you subscribe to those uh, print subscriptions of a magazine, you're paying for that. And then you have to do also do read the ads. Right. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I, this, this is something pretty bad. I, I don't think a- Apple should be doing this. We pay for this service and it really isn't something that they should be doing. I, I know Jeff, you, you've, you've had some good, uh, thoughts on this i i believe <laughs> uh comparing this to magazines is no not you don't like right. that comparison? Okay. um even though i know some people have done that when you bought a magazine you weren't buying it with uh the magazine telling you and we're ad free and then there's a whole spread of ads in there yeah. when you're paying for your apple music subscription it is explicitly listed as ad free Yes. So, so injecting ads into those various streams goes against what Apple says you are you are paying for, and right. using semantics like saying 
that uh, <laughs> this isn't actually an ad, it's a discovery feature, doesn't yeah. make it less of an ad and it shouldn't be there. It makes it not music. And if what I'm listening to is a, mu- is a radio station that is playing right. me music and you stop the music to tell me a thing about other music, that's a commercial. The end. Is it for the service that I'm on and not and and you're just trying to make it so that I don't leave the service? Yes. Is it still an ad? Yes. Um, it was funny watching this. Um, I, I watched this unfold on Twitter because uh, I took a peek into Twitter and I saw Jim Dalrymple ranting about this. And I saw yes, the reply from Jason who said, I've seen this, too. And uh, Jim, I believe, had some some choice words about it. Fruity language, I think that's usually called. Um, <laughs> and uh, talk. Yeah. And then uh, Jason's reply was like, I have a column for this week. Um, my theory on this is that there's going to be another tier of Apple Music and that there's going to be it's going to be a, a Pandora style situation or a Spotify, mm. a free Spotify style situation where um you can listen for a certain amount of time if you sit through smads and uh, you know, just to entice you to do the, was it the Apple music voice plan mm-hmm. that they tried yeah. to tell us was going to be a thing that I literally don't know a single person who is subscribed to that. Yeah, um, uh, like, I think that there's probably a free tier coming and I think that's where I think that's why we are getting these is because there's going to be sort of breaks in the regular broadcasts anyway. And if you're paying, you just get, Hey, if you're listening to the hard rock channel, maybe you would like the heavy metal channel and uh, you know, and other people are going to get ads for dominoes or whatever, you know Um, I don't know, but um, I don't, I don't like it either. Um, I would also call shenanigans on this because that's not, if I'm listening to Apple's radio stations, I don't need commercials to tell me to continue to listen to Apple's radio stations. This ranks right up there with the Blu-ray commercial that you cannot skip at the beginning of a Blu-ray disc. Oh. Uh, sweetie, no. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no. <laughs> this is why people pirate stuff is because if right. I pirate a copy of this movie, mm. you get no money, but I never have to sit through that ad ever. Mm. And as long that as you make that, that sometimes is 10 minutes long <laughs> yes. and unskippable. And yeah, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't like it. And I don't like that. It sort of feels like Apple is taking advantage because they're just saying we're calling it discovery. Like you have discovery, you have the friends list, you have the new, the friends mix, the new music mix, the favorites mix, you have artist inspired radio. You know, I can go listen to OMD and similar artists or Depeche Mode and similar artists, Foo Fighters and similar artists. That's a lot of discovery already. And you can give me, a, and I have discovered a whole lot of stuff as a result of some of those things. So I find it really sort of irritating that Apple's response to this was uh, all those ads you're hearing aren't really ads. You know, that's, 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 a, that's a very, uh, I'm sorry if you're offended sort of thing. Like putting it back on me because I'm mad about it instead of admitting that what you did wasn't cool. And uh, yeah, not a fan. Yeah. What do you think, Warren? I'm with Kelly. Please don't stop the music. Um, there you go. Wait, so, Warren is here and agreed with me? I definitely <laughs> agree with you. Please don't stop the music. There, there's, two, there's two types of people. There's people like us that are Apple Music, people that don't want to 
don't want to listen to to ads. And then there's people like my in-laws who, who, who listen to free Spotify and it drives me crazy. So like, well, you know, if we're outside, so <laughs> well, when we're outside, uh, you know, listening to music by the pool, I want to put, use my music because I have Apple Music and I don't have to listen to commercials. But they always want right. to put their stupid music on and we have to listen to commercials. So, well, Warren, the way you solve this is you just add the Yacht Rock playlist to your favorites on Apple Music and then they'll never know the difference. Yeah. No, but they want to, <laughs> they want to control, they need to control it. They need to have, uh, Full control of of, uh, of the playlist. We we bring a Bluetooth speaker out, and then they fight over who's going to connect to it with their phone. Is what happens. This is a problem that's easily solved with a hammer. You're welcome. Yeah. Or, or earplugs. Earplugs. Or earplugs. And it's interesting. Apple hasn't even reacted to this. This they obviously don't care. So yeah. it, it, I mean, there's nothing well, being said. I think officially anyway. due to the timing of this, that's why I think that there's there's a reason behind it that there's more to the story. Um, and that there's some sort of like ad sponsored that's coming is for, is because of that. That's, that's why I think they're not going to say anything about it now because Monday they're going to have a whole lot to say about it. Um, yeah. 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 That might, that might be, weren't they talking about this for a while though? A free, cause they, 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 well, they released well, Apple hasn't been talking about this. Yeah. No, but Apple, yeah, they're they trying, right? So the last thing they would try was that stupid thing where you could only listen to uh, Apple Music through Siri, right? Yeah. Uh, for like the, the five dollars. That's five bucks a month. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Apple Music so, Voice, I think, right. or whatever it was. Which I, who knows if it did anything? But that that was their goal. Their goal is to get kids listening to mm-hmm. Apple Music, and kids are cheap as. SHIT and they will not pay. So Apple is trying their best to get them to do it. You have to beat that too. Right. Well, <laughs> so Apple's doing their best to, um, you know, basically get them to, to, to switch to Apple Music. And uh, first step they did was try to make it uh, cheaper with this uh, Siri thing. And I think the next step, Kelly's absolutely right. I think Monday is going to be a Spotify ish kind of Apple Music. That'd be a weird right. thing to announce at WWDC. No, it's not. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it'd be very yeah, it'd weird. Be very weird aunt to announce that at WWDC. Yeah. Um, uh, that said, uh, this is also very not Apple to do a free service. At the same time, Kelly, you're right. <laughs> you are right. I'll agree with you, too. All right. Just, drop your mic, like, Kelly. Hold on, let me write you just this won the internet. I just won the internet. I'm writing this down. Write it, write it down. All right. And uh, finally, we close uh, with uh, oh, the big thing that's going to go on this next week, uh, WWC 2022. Um, I wanted to, to, to go around and uh, see if anybody has their thoughts on what Apple's going to announce. I, I have this distinct feeling there's going to be some new OSs. You know, I, I have to think so. But that's Jeff, weird. have you been... Uh, yeah, it would be really weird. Have you, Jeff? Have you been giving it some thought on what what you think of of, of importance besides all the OS updates? We know that's going to be happening. Uh, that Apple would would potentially announce. Um, I'm going to throw a real oddball one out at you. Yeah, okay. I think that Apple is or has a potential to announce um, a a an addition to their whole um, enterprise device management 
uh, platform that gives the companies their own hardware for managing all of the apps and other updates and provisioning files that they push out to everything. So they have a new way to control the, uh, uh, the, the updates and everything else that they push out to, uh, to all of their employees totally out there. Just me grabbing at all these little threads that have been coming along over the past several months and thinking, you know, if you put these threads together this way, here's the tapestry that comes out of it. How do you mean hardware? Like, like Like, the developer program so that you can uh, test stuff or no, like a, like, um, it's a piece of hardware that you have control over. So you're hosting everything that gets pushed out uh, through your MDM. Okay. So, so you're not putting, you're not relying on anything through the cloud, except like if you're grabbing something from okay. the app store mm. that you're going to push out to everyone. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's go. So totally way out there. Yeah. But uh, there's enough right. threads to make me think it could happen. Let's let's go to Kelly's neighborhood. Maybe she's uh, got well, something. I mean, uh, yeah. Jeff, hello and welcome. I run a home for Crackpot Theories. Um, <laughs> oh, that's right where this one belongs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I think this year we're going to hear a lot more about about enterprise um, because it's the worldwide developers conference i think we're gonna get um uh so and this comes from jeff talking about you know the threads over the last few months uh the mac admins foundation is a thing that that um uh was quietly announced by apple uh well before the actual foundation because i know a number of people who are founders of the foundation um uh, we're sort of not ready for them to kind of unveil and, you know, casually at the bottom of a press release from Apple. Uh, but there are a lot of, um, there has been a lot of chatter on that front, a lot of changes that have been made on the back end as far as how you can deploy uh, Ma- Apple hardware and software at scale, whether that scale is tens of devices, hundreds, thousands. Um, Apple released Apple Business Essentials to allow people to have a lightweight MDM that is flexibly priced and easy to use. Uh, there are a lot of other options for um, enterprise deployment. Um, all of those things have been easier. So I think what we're going to get is fundamental changes to the app store that make it easier for things to be enterprise enterprise deployed apps. Um, they used to be called VPP or uh, volume purchase volume purchase plan apps. Um, I think becoming having a VPP app is going to be a lot easier. It's going to be a thing that's not going to be a whole huge deal. I think it's going to be easier to deploy things internally. So if we, you know, the InTouch with iOS internal app for the InTouch iOS media empire is a thing that that is going to be a lot easier to build over time. Um, yeah. There's, uh, I think that that we're going to hear a lot more about enterprise and how to develop for enterprise, ways to manage that stuff for enterprise because. Um, there aren't a lot of other avenues for people who deal with Apple hardware at scale to all get together and discuss things. And a lot of folks were really excited about WWDC just to be able to get their hands on an Apple engineer to talk about deploying hundreds of phones, deploying hundreds of Macs, deploying 
thousands of iPads, um, being able to do these things remotely or, you know, in, in a whole nother country, in a whole nother part of the world. And so I think um, uh, we're going to get more focus on enterprise. And I think that um, uh, we're going to find out like maybe what the next, what the next evolution is for uh, what, uh, like the for for the app store and for relationships, everybody's relationship to the app store. Basically, whether you're an enterprise organization looking to deploy things via the app store effectively, whether you are a developer trying to roll things out to an app store, whether you are a user who's interacting with the app store, um, you know maybe they they tell us that the thirty percent is now going to be twenty eight percent, you know, <clears throat> instead twenty seven point five percent, right? Um, Maybe, you know, uh, it's just it's going to be easier for a lot of things to happen in in a way that that allows people to get those apps deployed at scale I, is is my hope. Um, nope. I know we're going to get new new Mac OS, new iOS, new iPad OS. Uh, I, I'm really interested. I feel like Mac OS is reasonably mature, so there's not going to be uh, a ton of stuff that comes out that's going to be terribly exciting. Um, I think iOS is the same. It's reasonably mature. There's not a lot that's going to be terribly exciting. TVOS uh, doesn't have a whole lot of capability, so there's not a whole lot of room for truckloads of innovation on the TV side. So really the things I want to watch are iPadOS, which is relatively new, and find out if Apple is ever going to figure out how much stuff people are actually doing with their iPads and actually turn it into an actual device. Now that you have told me that the processor in my tablet is powerful enough to run an entire laptop computer, an entire desktop computer. Now right. that that's the same processor, let me do more things with the one that's in my tablet that is obviously a an impressive computing platform. Let me do some impressive computing with it. I say this all the time. Every year, I hope this is the year. And every year, Apple pulls away that football and you know I fall flat on my back. Um, yeah. So I really I like I always I, I watch iPad OS with extra interest because of the evolution there, because there's still a lot of things that they could do to turn it into something really great uh, and unleash the power that they've been selling us for all these years. And watch OS is still, I think, still has a lot of interesting avenues to pursue and is not very mature. We're only at uh, version nine is what we're going to get announced next week. Right. And um uh, and I know Apple is is always betting big on health. So I think there's probably going to be some interesting health features there. And then other ways that they are finding to make the little tiny ARM computer do a lot more on its own, be more independent, and do a lot more interesting things for you. Um, so iPadOS and, and watchOS are the ones I think have the most room to be interesting and new and exciting in a way that is completely that's like the old iPhones were like every time we got a new iPhone, there was a massive new feature, whether it was a software feature or a hardware feature, we got something brand new. That was huge. Like now you can unlock your phone with your thumb. Now you can unlock it with your face. Now you can buy stuff. Like each of those was like a fundamental change along the way. And we're still seeing those, those changes in watch OS and hopefully an iPad OS will get more of the same. I agree with you on the iPad. Uh, I think the iPad the Pro is going to be come more of a pro type device. I mean, 
two things that stand out to me the most, I think that I'm protecting, I'm, I'm pressing my fingers too, is desktop mode. I think that that in itself has been a long time coming. I mean, I think the iPad really needs to become more of a desktop because that's where people are struggling and try, uh, having a difficult time making it uh, their 100% full-time device. I mean, I'm the same way. I've talked about that lots of times in presentations about it. So um, I think this, this I have this good feeling that this is going to be the year that they finally have spent some time on iPad OS. Uh, the so. other thing I, I'm, I'm really crossing my fingers on the desktop mode part. The other thing I'm hoping, on, and it's been talked about for, for years and years, is multiple users. You know, you want to be able to have a device just like not you have a Mac. Happen. You can, I know it's not going to happen, yeah. but. Uh, it's wishful thinking. Sure. I, I, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm again. Those are just two things that really stood out to me uh, as far as uh, the iPad goes. But I agree with you, Kelly. As far as the Watch OS, there's going to be some some pretty revolutionary things. I have this feeling is going to get announced too. Warren, do you have any thoughts of uh, what what you think is going to be uh, announced? That sure. You've been thinking of? Sure. Um, well, first, I predict that this will be the last week of my Apple devices behaving nicely. <laughs> uh, next week uh, you'll be on ios 16 in no time <laughs> well this time uh this time next week uh if you if you don't see me on the uh zoom call or video call or, or uh, any techno technology yeah. related uh activity it's because things are on fire and they're not working so. <laughs> <laughs> which could happen that's why we love you Ward <laughs> so I'll be doing that um, for sure and then um, I'm not going to fall for the same thing I do every year with the iPad um, I'm not going to I'm going to see something that, that they're going to say they're going to be doing with the iPad and it's going to be great and I'm just like this is great yeah. now I want that big iPad again that I keep buying and selling and then I'm kind of, <laughs> then I'm kind of like so last year I bought it you know waiting for uh, Universal Control um that um took forever to come and this year they're gonna do floating windows and i'm kind of now i want this now i want this and it's going to be in beta until you know almost this time next year i'm gonna hate that so i'm not falling for that too um you know the one, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. yeah sure and then so the one thing you know with the ipad os you know the counter the counter argument is going to be <laughs> how much more do you want it to be like your a laptop computer when they come out and they're going to show you the new air around the same time, the MacBook air, that's going to be an iPad with a keyboard and it's going to, you know, so, (laughs) so, you know what I mean? So that's app, that's Apple's problem. How much do we make the iPad like a computer? And then why does anybody want either one? I want Apple to take advantage of the power that the iPad has and take advantage of the fact that it's 100% touch and it's super portable and the battery lasts. Like, take advantage of the situation that you have, just like they did with the iPhone. Like, the fundamental interaction relationship I have with my phone is completely different than my computer. I can do a whole lot of stuff on my phone. Would you want a MacBook Air in its current iteration with a touchscreen? I mean, what? No. No. No, I want the iPad to be an iPad. It doesn't have to have a keyboard. If you want a keyboard, that's your prerogative. If you don't, don't worry about it. And it's it should be touch. It should be a touch screen. It should be all of the things that that it is. But let me do a little bit of multitasking. Obviously, the computer right. can take it. There's an M1 in my laptop now. I had to send my laptop right. off for repair. I got it back and I went, I am never opening one of these stupid permission screens right. again. I went to my applications folder and I opened 
everything. I opened all of them and 77 apps later, the fan on my M1 MacBook Pro never even spun up. Not a MacBook, not an M1 Pro, not an M1 Ultra, regular old, mere mortal, first gen M1. Microsoft is calling you. They're saying, we've tried this. <laughs> we, we we had we tried we had a laptop that you want to use as a laptop and you also want to use as a tablet. No, micro and I'm not taking Microsoft's call because that's not what I want. I had the power to open 77 applications at the exact same time on my computer. You should have seen the alt the the command tab. It was like most of the screen. It was. What are you looking screen. to do on your iPad that you can't but do on a computer? I would like to. I would like to copy paste easily between applications. I would like to be able to get to the settings from the application itself easily. The ones that Apple has, you know, tucked away in the system, in the system settings app. I want to be able to do things like that. I want to be able to. Okay. Kelly, you don't have a keyboard. I want to be able to complete an entire blog post. Okay. When I I was writing at Mac Observer, I couldn't do that on my iPad. I'm Apple and I hear you. I hear you. You don't have a keyboard, Kelly. How am I going to, how are you going to do this? How you, that's why Apple makes lots of money because they figure out how to do this. That's what I don't saying, need a keyboard. That's the thing. That's what they're saying. Kelly, you want to copy and paste easily between these two windows? You decide not to get the keyboard. How are you going to do it? I can do it with my finger now, but being able to do higher end file management, um, apply more automation to some of the things that I'm doing that shortcuts does not have the capacity to do or right. doesn't do reliably. Like so, give me shortcuts that work and, and that again, work reliably. Like Microsoft, they, Apple has Hold to figure though. out Apple has to figure out how Hang to on. do it without a keyboard. And that's no, but problem. they they don't have to. That's the no, thing. They no, they don't. Let me do the work. If I'm the person that wants to do it, give me the give me the Lego blocks. And I'll go build right. whatever the crap I want. It's going to be different from Jeff, different from you, different from David. Right. But it'll Don't. be, but it'll be the thing that I need. All you have to do is give me the blocks. I'll That's stack you. them but, however I need to stack well, them. Well, like in the current iPad OS, they try it with those three things on the top, the split screen, and things. Has anybody figured it out? I haven't. No, it's because they did it wrong. Yeah. Well, so right. they need well, to keep well, trying you, until they get yeah. it right. So, yeah. but, so that's but what I'm saying. Multitasking is going to be something that they need to Multitasking needs an iteration. Yeah. Right. And they, they, they can't get it right even trying. So they, they are. But they trying. could. Like, there are ways that a lot of this stuff could be better. And one of the primary ways to do that is to make the multitasking something that is Mind easy control. and useful. <laughs> and you know, first of all, and second of all, give me reliable working shortcuts. It's going to be and AI. anybody who says what's wrong with shortcuts, I have two words for you. And they are Brittany Smith, because mm-hmm. Brittany will tell you they are yeah. super broken in a bunch of ways. Oh, and it's horrible how badly automation is bad. broken. And, yeah. I so mean, I, like I was telling you Lego <laughs> earlier. Right. So mm-hmm. like, give me the Lego blocks I need and I will go stack them however I want. Now, let's say that every time I stack the blocks. One out of every 25 times, two of the bricks randomly explode and knock the whole thing over. I think Apple is really gearing up for AR. And I think Apple is basically saying, Kelly, don't worry about this iPad and controlling it. You're figuring out how to do all this stuff because in three years, it's not going to matter anymore because you can have these things on your face and you're going to be able to interact with it that way. Yeah, that's not happening, though. See, is the thing is I paid an awful lot of money for laser eye surgery so that I never have to wear crap on my face anymore. 
That's sort of so, like I wear crap on my face. Like, I don't like 3D movies for the same reason. I paid a whole lot of money not to wear glasses, not wearing glasses in the movies. Go. So All right. there's, well, yeah. One the, last thought. The, the, I think I want, I, I want the iPad software to reflect the capability of the iPad hardware in the way that we have grown to know and love and occasionally gripe at the iPad because nobody would, nobody would gripe about it if we didn't care. Was it Jean-Louis Gasset, like at last a computer I can criticize. Wasn't that like his, his stance on the Mac in the first place? Like that's how you feel about the iPad. I want it to be better. It has so much oh, potential and it's like Apple just can't seem to figure it out. And right. when they try, they're, they're making, they make a swing and it, it, it doesn't work the way it should. And rather than saying, like we need to iterate on this. They just sort of go, well, you know, nobody's using it. Well, nobody's using it because it sucks. All right. And uh, uh, before we wrap up, I wanted to talk a little bit about the, 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 for those who have developer accounts, I, I have one. Uh, I think most of us here do and not everybody does, but the Apple did a great job updating the, the app for the, for, for the iPhone and the iPad. Notably is they've got the digital lounges, which I thought was really cool. And I just signed up for it. I, I signed up for it. I don't know if you guys did or not, but uh, just got my acknowledgement today and signed up. It's in Slack. So you'll be able to actually have all of your um, digital lounges built into Slack. Looks like uh, uh, Serenity Caldwell, who you know, we all know, for, is, is leading it, it all up this year as she's done in the past few years for WWDC. And uh, there's going to be some lively discussions within the Slack channels that you get to get you get to subscribe to. So that's something new that great. they've done for this year. It's going to be pretty awesome. Um, you're going to be able to watch uh, videos together using SharePlay, so they've enhanced the app doing that as well. So it looks like Apple is is enhancing things even more. And I mean, it's it's a more or less virtual conference. They did invite a lot of develop a fair amount of developers to come to Apple Park. It's going to be interesting to see how how that goes. There's been a lot of discussion about that, but. Uh, uh, it, it's it's great to be able to do that, and uh, they they've really enhanced the the experience because they they obviously probably got lots of feedback that that we need to have this to be a lot more uh, user friendly than it has in, in the past because the app the, let's face it the developer app was not the greatest in pa- years past and I think this is uh, this is a good good for folks and and uh, 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 <clears throat> And, and and like yeah, you just said, Kelly. Yes, Slack channels are are moderated, and so you know you can't just be talking smack about stuff. So uh, or giving uh, away co- well, corporate secrets or, or secrets or, or saying stuff, the so. kinds of things that Apple doesn't want the engineers to say, which was always sort of the value of the ticket was being able to right. get one of those one on one things and be able to hear someone say to you, like, "We know about this bug; it's not getting fixed." Okay, yeah, you know, so. let me help you. So, you know, can you help me route around it? Like I, everyone I know who ever got one of those one-to-one meetings, like got actual, honest, leg- legitimate information. And it wasn't always something that painted Apple in the best light necessarily. But right. at least you got that information and then you could do something like, okay, like if, if, if it's not getting fixed, how do I get around it? You know, what are my countermeasures? And having that sort of conversation with somebody that's productive, right. but also one-to-one you know, makes it a lot easier for a developer who's up against that bug or that limitation or whatever to be able to do what they need to do in order to get in order to get things done in a way that they are going to be able to do them. And that was the thing that that was always really nice about those in-person sessions was, you know, 
it's a known issue and we can't get around it or it's not getting, you know, we know it's a thing and we know it's a problem, but that the, we don't have resources for it or nobody else cares about it or, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, Apple may not want people telling anybody that anymore. And yet that was always the piece that was the most useful, you know? Yep. So for those who are not developers, you can watch the, the, the keynote, uh, 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 which will be pre-recorded. That's going to be on Monday, the, June the 6th. That's at uh, 10 a.m. Pacific, then 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, so you, you are able to watch it pretty much everywhere. They've, they've made it even more uh, reachable. I think already Apple has set their YouTube YouTube channel uh, as, uh, as a slot ready for it to play back and watch live. So check it out. I think it's going to be a great event. This will actually be the first time in a, quite a while for myself. I'm not going to be able to actually watch it live because I have a business trip coming up uh, next week, week as we record. So, uh, But I will definitely go back and watch it and we'll definitely have good coverage for it uh, uh, after the fact next week and uh, uh, the uh, the recap of what happened. So, But uh, with that, let's uh, go ahead and wrap things up uh, for this week. And that is a wrap for this week. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email address, which is feedback at intouchwithios.com. You can follow us on Twitter at intouchwithios. Support the show by buy me a coffee at intouchwithios.com slash coffee. We would really appreciate it. You also can become a Patreon of the show by going to patreon.com slash intouchwithios. We have two tiers you are available. You can support the show. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, make sure you... Uh, you like share subscribe to our and be notified when we are live streaming which is usually on thursday nights at uh, 8 p.m eastern time 5 p.m pacific at youtube.com slash dave g65 you can watch past shows as well as listen to them right there on the channel visit in touch with ios magazine on flipboard where many of the topics that we discussed are flipped into that magazine you'll see those that we talked about today uh, the link is in the show notes. Uh, you can subscribe to, to the show and your favorite podcatcher, including Pocket Casts, Apple Podcasts, and many others. But better yet, go to our website, which is at intouchwithios.com, where all the links to all the ways to listen to us are there. I am Dave Ginsburg, and you can find me on Twitter at DaveG65. Jeff Gammon, as always, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Where can people find you? Well, thanks, as always, for having me. It's always loads of fun. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, jgamut on both, youtube.com slash jgamut for my occasional videos, um, Tuesdays w- with you and, and quite often Kelly on Mac Voices Live, <coughs> uh, the big show on Thursdays, <laughs> the Mac show on Fridays. Um, oh, who's that other guy that joins us sometimes on Mac Voices Live? Nobody. Uh, Wilson? Nobody. Nobody. Wilbur, Here, Wilbur. <laughs> Waldo. Waldo. Yeah, yeah. he yeah, looks kinda. strikingly well. like you, Warren. Um, anyhow, and Brian Chaffin and I just finished recording the, our next episode of the Context Machine. Yeah, check that out. Can't wait for the next episode. You're just rock, knocked it out of the park with that show, man. Oh, thanks. Uh, Kelly Gomond, as always, great to have you back. And uh, where can people find you? Thanks for being here. Uh, gosh, you can find me on Loud, Fast, and Keep Going, the Barry podcast. Um, I was outvoted on calling it the NoHo Hank cast, occasionally featuring Barry. Um, but you can find that over at aftershowpodcast.com. We have links there. Um, that is also where you can find the show I do with Mike Rose called The After Show. 
And you can find me hosting I Want My MCU TV, where we talk about the latest streaming show on Disney Plus. So we're not sort of currently not on the air. Um, I'm also gearing up for uh, Greetings from the Uncanny Valley, which is the show I do with Don Melton, where we talk about Wild West sex robots. Um, it's also Ooh. called Westworld uh, because Ooh. that's coming soon. And um, so if you ever want to hear Don and I just make each other crack up a lot, um, that's a very good place to find it. And uh, the rest of the time, you can find me on Twitter as Verso. Occasionally I'm here on Tuesdays uh, when I don't accidentally make other plans. You can find me on Mac Blues's Live with Chuck <laughs> Joyner. And, um, or forget about your other plans and join us for a minute. <laughs> That's what she's talking about. I mean, you know, that maybe I, you may very well think that I couldn't possibly comment. Um, you can also uh, find me um, spinning up my coverage of other stuff over at the site that uh, I have started in in the hopes of going independent. And that is called, that is over at the slice dot tech. All right. And Warren Sklar, thank you for being on the show. And uh, when you're not at the beach house, or where like people find you? Oh, I still have computers. Um, w Sklar, uh, I might even have a Google thing that you told me I might have one um, that I could do things with it. Uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays here, um, at the future Facebook group. I'm sure we'll be all nice and chatty next Tuesday. Um, oh, and if... Uh, if you try to reach me around two o'clock next Tuesday, I'm not ignoring you. I'm reinstalling and panicking. So <laughs> get back to you. Just be patient and just understand that my devices are in crisis, and I will. I'll figure it out. I'll get to I'll Warren go. rushing in where angels fear to tread. <laughs> yes, yes, he he's does. like that guy at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark in front of the plane. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm going to be like this tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks thanks again. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. We enjoyed doing it. And uh, we will, uh, programming note, we'll have a, it'll be like a day delay. When we'll I get back, we'll be recording uh, the show on Friday. So it'll be, it might be a little, be a little late than released, but uh, you'll definitely see here's some great coverage about uh, the post of WWDC. So. Thanks again for listening. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll talk again soon.